0: Welcome to the Queer Conversation Podcast brought to you by Lottal Media, a show where we discuss all things queer. I am your host, Silke Bader, a publisher and producer in the LGBTQI space in Australia for the past 30 years. Research shows that LGBTQI plus people have consistently higher level of substance use than the general population and often face unique challenges and barriers to addiction recovery, including stigma, discrimination and a lack of targeted recovery services. In today's queer conversation, we speak with April Long, CEO of Smart Recovery Australia to discuss how Smart Recovery Australia expands its vital work in providing services to the LGBTQI community in the region.
1: How do you cope with the stresses of life? Many of us manage using alcohol and other drugs. Or maybe gambling gives you some relief. While getting control of addictive behaviours can seem overwhelming, making healthy changes doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing approach. You can improve your lifestyle in a way that works for you through free practical support groups at Smart Recovery. Set weekly goals that work for you. For some people, that might mean winding back to a more manageable use, whether that's some or none. Connect with our safe and non judgmental support groups, either in person or online, and learn practical, evidence based tools to move forward with your life in a way that works for you. Choose your own path to a healthier future at smartrecoveryaustralia.com.au.
0: Welcome to Queer Conversation, April. You are the CEO for an organisation called Smart Recovery.
2: Yeah, so Smart Recovery is a national support service. So we support all Australians who are struggling with addiction or any problematic behaviour where they want to come and get some support. It's a mutual aid group environment. So we currently run 225 meetings across the country, and what we've really identified is the need to grow our LGBTIQ plus meetings, because as you can imagine, the things that our community members might want to talk about that's impacting them, you know, is things like stigma, social exclusion, discrimination. And it's really important that we have a group where community members can come and get support from their community by their community and be able to share openly in a really safe and supportive environment. So prior to this funding, we were just running one LGBTIQ-specific meeting and one trans-specific meeting. And we've had feedback from participants around how important that is for them to you know know that it's a queer, safe space where they can share what's going on for them in their life without judgement. So this extra 40000 that we've been able to receive from the ACT government will go a really long way to actually growing the number of meetings that we have, you know, in the ACT, but also nationally across the country, because we know um, that you know addiction rates, um, mental health outcomes are much more higher for people in our community. So we need to make sure that we've got those targeted supports.
0: So what are the statistics for the LGBTQI community in specifics of? Um um, substance abuse?
2: Yeah, look, the data gap is a really important issue. Um, the the first most significant thing that we have is we actually don't have a national data set because our census doesn't currently actually ask the question, um, are you an LGBTIQ uh, person? Um, there was some improvements made where if you are in a relationship and you live in the same household, we were able to get that data. Um, and that was in 2016, which showed that we have 47,000 same-sex couples. Um, but obviously, we know without the data, you can't have policies and programs and funding. So the data is a big issue. We, we do have some um, from the Australian Institute of Health and Wellbeing Survey. So they do a national drug household survey, which shows that consistently there are higher substance use disorders in our community. um, And that's something that's been shown to be higher over a really long period of time. Um, Particularly when you look at illicit drug use, um, there are some positives that, you know, risky drinking is decreasing and smoking is decreasing. Um, However, proportionate to um, heterosexual counterparts in um, these health surveys that have been done, um, we have got higher rates um, of psychological distress um, and then, you know, addiction and um, the need for tailored support. The problem that we have is when we don't have a complete data set um, where we're not actually asking the question at a national level, Um, that really flows on so that organisations like Smart Recovery and, you know, all of our incredible um, community-based LGBTIQ organisations really struggle to get funding um, because we can't actually show um, how many um, LGBTIQ plus Australians we have in this country. And I think that is a fundamental um, barrier. Um, but of the smaller surveys done um, by the Australian um, Institute of Health and Wellbeing, um, we know that the rates are a lot higher. Um, and of course, we see that in um, in the kind of mental health suicide specific um, research that's done as well. So there's a lot of uh, research at the moment looking at um, the interconnectedness between substance use disorders or problematic behaviours and then also, um, you know, mental health um, so it's great to see that happening, but we've still got quite a long way to go so that I can answer your question accurately and say, well, yeah, how many of our community members are struggling um, and more importantly, how many aren't actually accessing um, the services and supports they need. Because we know when you have an LGBTIQ-specific service, it's seen to be twice as effective. But only 7% of um, our current services in the addiction and mental health space actually have targeted programs, which is what we're really trying to change with this grant.
0: Am I wrong to assume that there there would be a different type of um, substance abuse um, for gay men um, versus lesbians?
2: Yeah, look, it's, um, again, we, we have that big data gap, so it's hard to even get the baseline picture, let alone kind of um, being able to drill down into particular subsets um, like lesbian women or gay men. Um, So, you know, the the thing that we do know, though, for um, us at Smart Recovery is that it actually doesn't matter about the substance. So in our meetings, um, somebody could be there for opioid use, somebody could be there for drinking, somebody could be there for cocaine use. Um, We actually focus on the behaviour that sits underneath. So, you know, what is it that um, has resulted in this individual um, choosing to, um, you know, smoke cannabis? in a way that's having a negative impact on their life. So we very much focus on those individual goals that they want to set. And that might be different for for a gay man, um, for for it is for a lesbian, for example. So we really um, empower the individuals in the group uh, to actually identify for themselves, well, What does positive change look like for you, you know, in the next seven days? What can you actually put in place um, to achieve your goals? We're not an abstinence-based program, so we're a goal-based. Some people may choose that. But I guess to your point around different members of the community, you know, that's why we have a trans-specific group because, you know, the um, stresses or the, you know, issues for trans community members is very different to other community members. And so when you have a recovery group where it's peer support, well, of course, um, you know, the tips and strategies and things that another trans person um, or another gay man is going to share with a gay man is going to have more relevance because they've lived it. You know that's their lived experience. You know, I'll I'll give you a really good personal um, example from you know my relationship and ha- being in a family with you know two mums. Um, you know, recently at we were at the park. Our son's two and a half years old. Um, just trying to enjoy the park like every other tired parent um, on an early morning, and um, a, a stranger at the park. You know, said oh dad must be tall and I said, oh, no, um, Kyson has two mums and my partner was, you know, sitting by closely at the time Um, and this individual proceeded to keep asking, you know, um, oh, so does he have anything to do with the dad? And I said, no, Kyson doesn't have a dad, he has two mums and a donor that helped us create our family and this kept going on and, you know, it was one of those conversations as a, a tired parent, you don't want to be having. Um, but that experience and I guess the, um, you know, the stress and the um, particular interaction I had is probably very different to, you know, gay dads. They, they may not have had that experience. So it's important when we talk about mutual aid and recovery and peer support that it's by the community for the community. It's why we have veteran-specific groups and, you know, we have a pilot-specific groups because what's going on in their life is particular to that group. Um, So we certainly do see um, different research that's looked at um, different groups, but um, we just don't have that level of detail um, yet because we don't have that overarching, you know, data set that actually at a base level just counts us in in the country around how many LGBTIQ plus Australians there are. Um, so I think that's a, um, a big fundamental um, challenge for us. You know, we haven't even had the conversation is that um, there is a lot of stigma and shame around that where, you know, people are less likely than to reach out for help. You know, we have to start having these conversations in our communities and, you know, in a really safe way. And, you know, we should be able to say and, and ask the question, well, how does this, you know, affect our gay brothers and, and sisters? How does this affect our trans brothers and sisters? How does this affect, you know, lesbian um, women? Like that's the question that should be being asked and we should have the answers you know if we're looking at you know gender diverse people how does this impact um but we're such at the the kind of start of this conversation and you know, as i said that research gap that you know we're, we're just asking to be counted you know in in our national census so that we actually have this data because until we do we can't have a specific, um, you know, say, opioid program for gay men. You know, we don't know if marijuana, you know, um, and, and cannabis usage is problematic um, for lesbian women versus, you know, the trans community. We just actually don't have that information, which why it makes it so hard to have tailored services and supports. And, you know, it's fantastic that the ACT government is leading the way. And I think, um, you know, when you look at um, policy and human rights and change for our community, it's always been the ACT kind of leading the way, you know, in banning gay conversion therapy and recognising um, civil unions in, you know, before marriage equality. Um, it's it, it sometimes takes a little bit for the rest of the country to, to catch up. But when you look at um, the suicide rates and you look at um, how mental health is impacted, you know, I think it's a real shame that, you know, you and I can't have this conversation away where there are more statistics and we are able to talk about it. Um, but I think you're right. We have to be able to talk about it in our community as well. And that stigma and shame, um, you know, does actually stop people getting help um, because we simply don't have the conversations um in a safe way. And and that's really what the groups are about is, you know, you could be at any stage of your journey. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast now might be just like, okay, a little bit sober curious, or um, I think this might be having an impact in my life, but I'm not sure, or in that kind of pre-contemplative stage of Well, I want to get help, but I'm not sure what that will mean because, you know, For the last 10, 15 years, the only way I've coped with my family, you know, disowning me, discriminating against me is I have self medicated with drugs and alcohol. Um, You know, that's the only way I've, you know, found my community is through the nightclub scene or, you know, through this social group. And how do I rebuild that? How do I um, get that sense of self and, you know, be a proud, non-binary person or a proud gay man or um, because I've I've always had these ways of coping and that's why we use CBT and motivational interviewing in our groups because again it's actually not about the substance it's about well how are you coping with what's going on in your life and you know what's the benefits of that Um, there are benefits of particular substance uses but what's the consequences
0: of that you know how's it actually having an impact in your life. Um, You are not referring to substance abuse. You are referring to substance use throughout your language. That's correct, yes. It's very, very deliberate.
2: Yeah, as I said, you know, unlike other mutual aid um, support groups that might be abstinence-based, we welcome anyone where they're at in their journey and a lot of, um, you know, uh, community members who, come along to Smart Recovery might also go to AA. Um, They might also be using pharmaceutical um, supports in order to, um, you know, manage. Um, So, you know, we really work from a harm minimization framework and it's about that individual setting goals for themselves. You know, what does that look like for you? You know, somebody might say, well, I just want to reduce the amount that I'm drinking or I want to smoke less. You know, I'm not ready to um, completely stop doing that um, this is the way it's having a harmful you know impact um, so we work with the individual exactly where they're at um, and you know what we're trying to do is um, you know give them some more tools and we talk a lot about the smart tools um, that they can actually use to improve their life the facilitator is not there saying you must do this or you must do that. Um, And it's really the group coming up with, okay, well, you know, how did you um, do Mardi Gras sober? Let's talk about that how was that for you? Okay, these are the things I did, you know. Um, it's actually bringing those real life, you know, examples. Okay, you're meeting your partner's family, you know, that they're not, you know, 100% supportive of your relationship. This is how we've dealt with it in the past, you know, instead of self-medicating. or um, So it's being able to have those real conversations, you know, I shared that story. Um, around you know my my young child at the park, um, you know my partner and I have had a lot of discrimination. Um, that's you know quite particular to us. But when you share those stories in a way um, that's around you know trying to help and support others, it's actually very healing for everybody in the room because you're actually there for your own recovery but for everybody else's recovery as well you know i have a lot of lived um you know experience of addiction within my own family and you know i'm really passionate about um you know sharing the the stories in a way that's not kind of um re-triggering or traumatizing and those kind of war stories but rather to raise awareness and actually go well yeah, I've experienced that too, you know, and this is how it impacted me. You know, um, I think the plebiscite was amazing. We, you know, we got a great um, vote, but it was also extremely traumatic. You know, I remember um, heading off to Bunnings like every good lesbian and, you know, um, my partner was at home and seeing vote no in the sky and, you know, having to have that conversation with her, don't go outside until I get home, you know. Um, it was a really difficult time for our community. Um and it continues to be, you know, um, with the amount of transphobia that we're seeing. And so, you know, I think some people um, deal with that stress in, in different ways. And, you know, if it's not working for them and it's unhealthy and they are having, you know, quite significant mental distress or depression, um, you know, we know we're better at having conversations around mental health now, but I still think addiction, it's, it's still a taboo subject We don't do it as well as we could or or should because there's still some, you know, stigma there. Well, I'm going to be labelled an alcoholic or I'm going to be labelled an addict. Um, You know, people are going to think I'm I'm not successful, I'm not a good mum, I'm not. You know, we we still have a a long way to go, I think, to breaking down some of those
0: barriers. So now with this grant you received $40,000, what are your your plans are to... Um, create more more meetings specifically for the LGBTQI plus community, but you also are investing in training facilitators. In regards to the first part of the meetings, uh, is that already been implemented or is that about to happen? What's the timeline with that?
2: Yeah. So it's about to happen. The project will go for about 14 months and, um, that's really the, the training and getting everyone up and running. Um, so we'll be training 10 facilitators, um, who will then be able to deliver meetings. So those meetings, uh, can be face to face, um, or they can be online, which is fantastic because it means that people can join from, from anywhere, um, and, and find their community and, and find that support. So, um, At the moment, as I said, we've only got those two groups running at the moment, so we really want to have at least five groups running, hopefully ten groups running, um, and, you know, starting to get some more specific groups. Like we have women's-only meetings, we have men's-only meetings. You know, um, there could absolutely be, you know, a gay men's meeting um, so that people can have a little bit more targeted um, support from their community. So we've been working with Meridian in the ACT who have been leading Um, those groups. But there's a range of, um, you know, LGBTIQ community organisations that could be running these groups. We're just about to train up ACON, which is really exciting. Um, But I think sometimes, you know, when we, we talk about this work, it's left to, the AOD sector, the alcohol and other drug sector or the health sector. Um, but, you know, if you're, you know, running family services or, you know, any, um, you know, community-based support, then this is something else that you can offer um, to community members, whether it's, a you know, at a community centre. Um, so we really want to um, get a diversity of, of people trained up. And of course, if anyone's listening and there are, You know, thinking of being a facilitator, you can do it as a volunteer. You know, you might be in your own recovery um, journey, and that's something that's really special about SMART. Is that once you've got your own behaviour of concern, you can actually be trained to be a facilitator, and we've got great examples around the country where people have now kind of taken over their own meeting as the facilitator they've graduated so they're now giving back in their recovery so um it is of course we'll be training those organizations but anyone's who's listening going you know i think this could be something where i give back to my community because i'm in my own recovery and i'm on my journey and i really want to give back then um they can head to our website and you know sign up to be a facilitator as well so we'll be training a minimum of 10 um, facilitators. Of course, if there's more interest, then, you know, we'd love to train even more. Um, I thought it might be nice just to share with you what some of our um, community members have said about LGBTIQ meetings. So um, there's a couple of quotes that um, I really love, um, and these have come from the participants of the current groups. I really feel the queer love and it's a safe space. I like talking to people from my community and not feeling judged. And then another told us, this is the piece of the puzzle that was missing from my recovery, shared experiences, and it's cathartic. So, you know, some people that come to SMART have tried lots of different things. As I mentioned before, they might go to AA, they might be seeing their GP. Um, It's just something else you can kind of have in your bag around, well, you know, using some of the
0: techniques and it might, you know, make a big difference in somebody's recovery. Another question I had, if you're looking for, um uh joining one of those groups is that how is is that um how is that um the structure do you pay for that or is that free how, how do you find it
2: groups are completely free and um, we have a new amazing um, meeting finder on our website so you literally go to the smart recovery website and you find a meeting and you put your postcode in and it'll bring up um, all of the specific meetings and you can actually filter down for lgbtiq um, specific as i mentioned men's specific women's veterans our first nations meetings so um as i said it's 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 really important that it's by the community for the community um so yeah encourage anyone who's listening as i said doesn't matter where you are in those stages of change even if you're just thinking about it um, then head to our website and you know if you're a loved one of someone who you think might be struggling um, we also have a family and friends program and that's really about you as the support person or the carer or the loved one um, making sure that you get the support you need because you know it can be um, you know quite difficult to um, be supporting somebody who's in recovery as well and you need to look after yourself before you can look after others. So that's also available, the family and friends meetings on our website.
0: Fantastic. So the website is uh, smartrecovery.org.au .au, yes. .org.au. Yes.
2: Um, because the interesting thing about Smart Recovery is we are an international organisation. So as part of this grant, um, we designed up um, our LGBTIQ um, logo and its recovery is for everyone and we put the smart... Um, logo in the rainbow colours and straight away um Smart Recovery UK and Smart Recovery US um got in touch and they were like we want to do this for Pride Week you know we really want to use this and so we do have an international community um which is great because you know addiction doesn't discriminate in terms of you know culture or sexuality or gender. Um, you know it's a global challenge. It's a global, we say it's the global pandemic because, um, you know, it is a health issue that affects everybody. Um, it just happens to be that because of, you know, as I mentioned, the discrimination, the social isolation, and the things that our community have had to, you know, live with um, and continue to live with, that we do see higher rates of distress in our community and the need for more targeted support.
0: Well, fantastic that you have um, put all this in motion with applying for the grant and that the grant has come through and now um, hopefully they are, um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll see more more meetings pop up and, and facilitators joining and being trained. This is fantastic work that Smart Recovery is doing and um, you, you've been spearheading that. How long have you been with Smart Recovery as a CEO?
2: Almost 12 months. So, um, yeah, it's been a fantastic 12 months and, you know, our our number one um, principle under our strategic plan is diversity and it's something that I'm really, you know, personally committed to. Um, And I was really proud to see that, you know, we got the grant um, and to see those LGBTIQ meetings increase because, you know, I know from my own community that um, this is something that we need and we need it in a way that's non-judgmental, that meets people where they're at. There isn't any religious overtones where not, you know, any religious personal faith or or, or not can can come to a meeting and, and share their story and get support without any of that judgment and, you know,
0: just real life stories
2: and, and real life support.
0: Well, thank you so much for your work, April. And um, thanks for joining us today on Queer Conversation.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having us and promoting the message. And yeah, looking forward to seeing more community members
0: access Smart Recovery if they need it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support a podcast, Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook using the tag LOTL Media. Or head over to our website, LOTL.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.